Hello, my name is Jonathan Swift, the Content Director of Insurance Post, and welcome to this, the third episode of the Motormouth podcast, which we're running in the run-up to the Motor Insurance World Conference at Twickenham Stadium on the 24th of March. I'm delighted to say that today I'm joined by Mike Partridge, Paint and Body Repair Body Business Manager at Volkswagen Group UK. Hello, Mike. Hi there, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you very much, Mike. Now, Mike, you are participating at the event as a panellist on our Repairing the Modern Car, a look at building a sustainable business model, price challenges, industry collaboration and more panel. That's a bit of a mouthful there. But can I ask, uh, Mike, from a vehicle manufacturer's perspective, how do you see 2020 shaping up? What will be the major things to look out for in the autonomous market and beyond? Uh, well, it's very early days for, for 2020, obviously, but um, uh, the end of 2019 was, was actually quite buoyant uh, in, in the backdrop of a pretty tough year. Uh, so we're hoping for a good January. Um, I think probably uh, the, the topic that's going to take up most of our time during 2020 is Brexit. Uh, sorry to be really ob- relatively obvious on that, but uh, that's obviously the, uh, uh, the key issue of the day and likely to be uh, to, to go in beyond as well. Uh, also, what I think we're, we're going to see uh, is an increased interest in, in electric vehicles as well. That's something certainly it's been building for a while. Uh, we're seeing a lot more interest in that. What our response, what other manufacturers' response might be to the growing demand uh, and uh, to the legislation, uh, you know, legislative requirements, and uh, obviously looking at the uh, EV infrastructure as well that support that. Could I ask then, Mike, um, from your position within a leading automotive OEM, what major changes have you seen in the automotive, automotive industry over the last year, and what trends have you witnessed taking shape? Uh, it's, there's a few to, to pick out, really. Uh, I think the, the main one from a manufacturer's perspective is, uh, is, is around car ownership. Uh, the, we've seen quite a, a growth in personal finance in, in recent years. Uh, PCP policies are being well documented. And this is very much changing the nature of how cars are owned, uh, how they're treated, replacement cycles, uh, that kind of thing. So I think uh, certainly the car ownership side of it and, and, and there's other initiatives around that as well in, including uh, uh, different ownership uh, uh, types as well, uh, you know, things like subscription services, that kind of thing. Um, we've had uh, the introduction of aggregators into our marketplace such as Carwell. Uh, they are uh, influencing the market quite uh, substantially and that's, uh, that's something that's a, a relatively new thing for us. Obviously it's been around in the insurance industry for, for quite a while. Um, we're seeing, certainly on the, I suppose, the more technical side, more after-sales side, we're seeing increasingly rapid deployment, and uh, I think what I would call de- democratization, I would call it, if I could say, democratization <laughs> of technology. Uh, you know, we, we, we're in a situation now where uh, autonomous emergency braking, for instance, which uh, used to be a feature on the high-end cars, are now pretty much common across uh, a lot of car uh, a, a lot of uh, car segments as well. Uh, connected vehicle is another one. That's a, a, a key topic that keeps coming up. Customers now know where their cars are, whether if they're unlocked, that kind of thing. Uh, the other big thing that we uh, that we saw the introduction of actually in 2018, but um, potentially that it, that there's a lot of uh, 
spoke to this, is uh, the e-call systems, uh, which often incorporate, incorporate the, the concierge services. Again, these have been available in the, the top end of the marketplace for some time. But what we're seeing now is that cars have SIMs uh, in, in them, which are operating these e-call systems, uh, and that allows for the, the receipt and transmission of data. So I think in terms of uh, uh, there's a lot of changes that have happened in a very, very uh, short period of time. And I think that the thing that ties all of that together is how rapid uh, the, the pace of change is getting. And that, that uh, rapidity is, is, uh, is really starting to affect the marketplace and uh, affect uh, the service provision within that marketplace. So kind of um, moving on from that, how robust do you believe the modern car is? And are we looking at a situation where the more technology and advancements that are made, the less can be repaired on the on the car? I, I think the first thing to say is that the cars are extremely robust. There's, there's, there's a huge amount of investment uh, of, uh, uh, that has gone into certainly making the car safer for the occupants, for other road users. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we, we actually live in, a, uh, in an, uh, an environment where... A leading manufacturer in Volvo are actually talking that uh, talking about no uh, customer dying in one of their vehicles uh, by by uh, 2020. That's the thing they said. Uh, the other thing, though, the, uh, the thing that comes along with that is that the way that the vehicles have been designed designed in order to uh, make them more robust. That the, part of that is the ability to absorb shock absorb the shock of uh, an impact now uh, it doesn't always look pretty the outcome of that doesn't always look pretty but it's very very effective uh, they're also very very you know vehicles are obviously now very sophisticated uh, they include integrated technologies and those integrated technologies need to be repaired correctly um, and so whilst the the uh, the cars are robust that that does lead in the technology that's that's uh, created the, the modern motor vehicle uh, is uh, it, it's created the need for that motor uh, that motor vehicle to be repaired in a very very specific way. Now, if we cast your minds back to uh, a time where vehicles didn't have ABS, they didn't have crumple zone sensors, airbag, seatbelt, pretensioners, or even the, the, the autonomous emergency braking that we're seeing now, uh, they may have been a lot more repairable in those days, but uh, they're also a lot less safe. So we're we're I, we do design repairability into our cars, so I think that they will be repaired, repairable in future, uh, economics uh, permitting. But the, that technology that we are deploying now to make those cars safer, uh, that does, by the very nature of what we're, we're deploying out there, uh, it, it does make them more difficult to repair. And it is really important that, uh, that the correct uh, repair methods are used whenever the, uh, the vehicles are um, in, a, in a body repair facility. Yes, because I think you know one of the subjects that the insurers do keep mentioning is the cost of repairs and the inflation um, there. Generally speaking, how are manufacturers aiming to tackle the cost of uh, you know, this uh, inflation and expensive repairs? I think the first thing that we're trying to do is stop the cars from having the collision in the first place, of course. Uh, but uh, we do, as I said before, we do design that repairability uh, into our cars. We, along with a, a lot of other manufacturers, will liaise with thatch in the pre-production stage, for example. Uh, so we quite frequently take uh, 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 some thatch engineers over to, the, uh, to our factories to look at pre-production models 
having been crash tested for the, the most common uh, uh, repair, so front end, low impact, uh, sorry, low speed uh, front end impact, for example, uh, they'll look at the damaged parts, they'll make recommendations on uh, what changes could be made, uh, so that kind of thing. So it's at a very early age, even pre-production, we're, we're looking at that. Um, as a part of that, we may start to develop uh, repair kits. So, you know, I think there's uh, a, a been a lot of talk about the expense uh, of headlamps, for example. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that we've done recently is increase the number of repair kits available. So if one of these was knocked out, and maybe the, the headlamp's absolutely fine and works perfectly well, but the brackets that uh, attach it to the, the, the body have been uh, broken, then we've got repair kits. That means that instead of a very, very expensive uh, headlamp replacement, we can, uh, we, we can uh, uh, just deploy a, a repair solution such as a, a bracket kit. Uh, the, uh, a lot of other manufacturers along with us have total loss avoidance programs, for example. So if you do get a, a vehicle that is at the nearing its, uh, uh, its, its total loss value, then um, you know, we will step in and, and uh, offer a, a certain amount of support for, uh, to, to uh, make sure that, that vehicle is back on the road so it doesn't end up in a complete replacement vehicle. Uh, and I think generally what we are, we, we, as, a, as a, a group, manufacturers are very, very acutely aware of the, uh, of the role that, that parts make to the overall cost of repair. Uh, and I think there is a, a broad misconception that all manufacturers are interested in is, is part sales. I mean, my, certainly my uh, priority is about a, uh, a safe and efficient repair so that, that all parties in that uh, repair process are, are uh, looked after to, to, to uh, our best capabilities. Uh, and building, building on that examples and the example used there of Fatchum, how important is collaboration between the relevant parties to ensure better repairs, lower costs and safer cars? Uh, I, I think that most people involved in, in our combined industry, so whether it's body repair, man, uh, motor manufacturer or insurance, I, I think that we are all passionate about delivering that that safe and, uh, and cost-effective repair. I think that uh, historically, and certainly from, from what I've seen over the years, is that we seem to be attempting to do that by working in isolation. So uh, for me, it's, I am quite passionate about getting the, the, uh, the, all of the, these parties together, ultimately for the benefit of the customer. Uh, I quite often uh, quote George Bernard Shaw when he said that England and America are two countries separated by a common language. I, I do feel like that's that's us in the in the automotive repair industry. I think that we we kind of have the same aims. We kind of speak the same language, but it takes sometimes it takes us uh, somebody to get us together to actually start talking to each other to see that common language that we've got. Uh, we as an organisation, we're, we're actively reaching out to insurers. We've got a dedicated national accounts manager whose job it is to maintain those relationships with insurers. And if that means that we have a, uh, you know, if, if they have a, a need to place repairs in a specialist network, in a manufacturer network such as mine, uh, we've got a solution for that. And we've also uh, just insure, uh, just uh, launched a, a website that is aimed at providing insurers with the uh, very latest information on Volkswagen Group models and technology and, uh, and that kind of thing. So it is very, very important, and, and quite often we, we do get those opportunities to get together. I think we need to exploit those a little bit more and, uh, and find those, the, the, the bit of common ground that we share, uh, normally is, which is around the, the customer, making sure that the customer has uh, a, 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 the journey that we want them to have. 
So speaking of the, the journey that you want them to have, um, Mike, approved repair networks via OEMs are expanding across the UK. Does this threaten the independent body repair shops? And could we see a future where the vast majority of repairs are conducted in-house by the OEM? Um, I, I'm not sure if it's that simple. I think that uh, uh, certainly uh, manufacturer networks of today don't look like they did 10 years ago. Uh, taking the Volkswagen Group network as an example, only 30% of our network of 180 repairers are actually operated by our, uh, our car franchisees. Uh, we rely on the quality independent body shops who want to join our network and want to invest in, in Volkswagen Group paint and body uh, and as in return they get offered a, a, a paint and body franchise. So the independent sector and the there's a big blur, a big grey uh, you know, blur between the, the front, what the, uh, the motor manufacturer uh, sector and the independent sector. There's a huge amount of uh, quality independence that are involved in, in what we do. I think that looking to the future what we might see is you know different uh different technologies are being deployed by different manufacturers and that comes with a cost of investment on part on the part of the uh, uh the body shop there may be a time where uh a body shop may need to specialize in a in a, in a certain uh brand of vehicle or a certain a smaller group of uh, of, of uh, motor manufacturer uh, uh motor manufacturer uh, approvals uh and there will be niches throughout the market that, that, that should, uh, you yeah, know, other independents should be able to, to latch on to fairly easily as well. So I don't think that the that, that what we're doing from a manufacturing perspective and from a proof network perspective, uh, perspective actually threatens the um, the, the independents. I think that, that we're all part of the same industry and certainly they're, they're part of our network. So, Mike, um, how prevalent are bad repairs in today's market, or have these effectively been stamped out? Uh, well, unfortunately, they haven't been stamped out, um, and uh, I think it's uh, fair to say that one bad repair is one one too many. Um, it, it, unfortunately, it it remains an issue. Uh, whether it's as big an issue as, uh, as it has been in the past, I'm not sure. But, but uh, when I talk to um, repairers in our network, they talk about uh, rectification work as as a a particular work stream. So if it's important enough and recognisable enough by uh, by, by body shops uh, to be a specific work stream that they're that they're you know, looking at investing in or, or looking at building relationships in order to. Uh, uh, to undertake these repairs, I, I think that there's still uh, a, a bit of an issue out there. Uh, as I say, the size of that that issue, I'm not sure, and the and the direction of travel, I'm not sure either. But uh, hopefully, it's in the, in a positive direction. So finally, Mike, as as cars become you know more like computers on wheels, do you think there is a widening skills gap with digital technical involving digital technical skills to repair the car of today and tomorrow? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> um, the, uh, the the body shop industry is uh, an industry that's used to uh, rapidly changing technologies, especially what we're seeing uh, today with the, the rollout, rapid rollout of new technologies. And, and normally they are the first to confront these in a repair context. So uh, it, you're more likely to get a, a vehicle that has a, an accident or some kind of uh, transport damage or something like that before a vehicle is, is due in for a routine repair or routine service. So the body shop industry is usually the first to, uh, to see these new models and these, this new technology. 
so as a sector and as an industry, uh, the, they've learned to be very, very adaptable. Um, having said that, and this is the yes bit of it, that there is a general skill shortage in the industry. Uh, we're not attracting enough young talent uh, to be the next generation of technicians, and uh, and that's a recognised industry, uh, a recognised problem within our industry. Um, we've got our own apprentice programme. We've got uh, a programme called Inspire, which is aimed at, at uh, uh, year six children uh, to try and get them to consider the automotive industry as a career choice. And I think that one of the things that we're focusing on is how complex a car is, and, and to use your terminology there, the computer on wheels. Uh, it, it, gone are the days where a repair starts with a, a spanner or a screwdriver. Uh, now a, a repair starts with a laptop. And I think that that, that very um, uh, that, that, that idea that a vehicle is a, a computer of, uh, on wheels might actually be the very thing that attracts uh, young tech-savvy people into our industry, which is what we desperately need. Well, Mike, thank you very much for your contribution. You're welcome. So, as I said at the start, uh, Mike Partridge uh, from Volkswagen Group UK will be on the panel repairing the modern car at Motor Insurance World at Twickenham Stadium on the 24th of March. Spaces are limited, so if you want to attend, please sign up. Until the next Motormouth podcast, it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Cheerio.